0: This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi there! Welcome to This Day in History class, where we sift through the artifacts of history seven days a week. Today is May 5th, 2019. The day was May 5th, 1832. Congress passed the Indian Vaccination Act, which appropriated $12,000 to purchase vaccines and hire doctors to vaccinate Native Americans against smallpox. There had been other small-scale efforts to inoculate Native Americans against the disease on the South and North American continents before, but the 1832 Act was the first piece of federal legislation in the U.S. that was designated to deal specifically with the Native Americans' health issue. The intention of the act was not just to protect Native Americans from smallpox, though. It was passed in the interest of Native American removal, or the process of removing Native American tribes from their ancestral lands to territory west of the Mississippi River so white people could develop the vacated lands. On top of the shady political motivations of the act, its administration was also plagued by corruption and incompetence. Smallpox is an infectious disease caused by the variola virus. The virus is now eradicated, but back in the 1800s, it was active and highly contagious. Though most people who got the smallpox recovered, 3 out of 10 people infected with the contagious disease died. Symptoms included fever, body aches, skin rash, skin sores, and scabs. European colonization brought smallpox into North America in the 17th century. And by 1832, millions of non-Native peoples had already been vaccinated against smallpox. But smallpox was ravaging Native American populations. In 1830, U.S. Indian agents, as they were called, were authorized to hire physicians on an ad hoc basis to vaccinate or treat Native Americans at their agencies. But that was not enough to deal with the spread of smallpox to Native peoples across the Central Plains. In 1831 and 1832, Indian agents and others who witnessed the smallpox epidemic on the western frontier asked officials for assistance with controlling the disease. President Andrew Jackson was a huge advocate of Native American removal, and in 1830, he signed into law the Indian Removal Act, which resulted in the deadly trek west that became known as the Trail of Tears. Since Congress was in the process of planning to remove tens of thousands of Native Americans into areas that were being seriously affected by smallpox, these outbreaks were a problem. Commissioner of Indian Affairs Albert Herring claimed in his annual report to the Secretary of War that the Chippewa, who had gone through smallpox epidemics, had basically brought the disease upon themselves. This helped convince the federal government that it needed to help Native Americans. There was no precedent for a bill to deal with this kind of problem, but legislation proposed $12,000 for preventing the spread of smallpox along Native American frontiers. When the bill was introduced, Southern congressmen opposed it while Northerners largely supported it. Senators against the bill argued that $12,000 was too much and leaned on the stereotype of Native Americans as savages. But the bill passed on its third reading. On May 5, 1832, the Indian Vaccination Act went into effect. Section 2 of the Act stated, And be it further enacted that the Secretary of War be, and he hereby is, empowered to employ as many physicians or surgeons from the Army or resident on the frontier near the point where their services shall be required, as he may find necessary for the execution of this Act, and, if necessary, two competent persons to conduct the physicians to the remote Indians who are infected or may be in immediate danger of being infected with the smallpox, whose compensation shall be $6 per day, and six men, whose compensation shall be $25 per month. Physicians use live vaccine material, typically thread or cotton contaminated with cowpox, to inoculate Native Americans. Secretary of War Lewis Cass administered the program. He decided that the tribes that would get the vaccination were those that were friendly to the U.S., those that had significant roles in the economy, and those that were being forcibly relocated to the West. He also ordered Indian agent John Doherty to limit vaccinations to tribes in the lower Missouri River Valley. Civilian and Army physicians vaccinated people. Yet, Native Americans had no say in the creation and implementation of the vaccine program. Beyond aiding in the removal and relocation of Native Americans, the act also accelerated westward expansion and consolidated reservation communities. The money allotted for the vaccination programs was not always used as planned. For instance, Henry Schoolcraft spent $800 of the vaccination funds for a cartographic and geological survey of Chippewa County, vaccinating some Native Americans along the way. Another issue with the program was Lewis Cass's exclusion of the Mandan and other Upper Missouri River tribes, possibly because they were no longer economically important to the U.S. or not considered civilized enough. No Native American groups that had been deemed aggressors were vaccinated, Yet, Cass favored Native American nations that were involved in favorable treaties with the U.S. And while many Native Americans welcomed the vaccinations, others refused them before deportation. So there were still large groups of unvaccinated people in the new nations. In 1837 and 1838, thousands of Mandan, Hidatsa, Cree, and other Upper Missouri River tribes that had been left out of the act died from smallpox non-Native populations affected were not so devastated. In 1839, another $5,000 was allocated to the Indian Vaccination Act programs to provide for vaccinations after the smallpox epidemic of 1837 and 1838. At least 38,000 Native Americans were vaccinated under the Indian Vaccination Act. I'm Eve Stephcote, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. See you same place, same time tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.